Lifting. Hello and welcome to Galactic Goddess Podcast. I'm your host, Radha Nelia, and today we have a very special guest, Bonnie Malita. We are going to be discussing moving through the veil, birthing out of this world, finding strength to support loved ones, and embarking on the next big adventure. Welcome, Bonnie. Hi, Rada. Thank you so much for having me here. It's just a pleasure to be with you. We are going to be honoring your mother today. Thank you. Yes, and um, talking about a process that you've been recently going through and that perhaps many others can relate to. Um, So would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Um, Sure. So um, today is actually three weeks ago that my mom flew away with the angels. And um, my mom and I have been extremely close my entire life. Um, and she lived with me probably for the last nine or so years. Um, and the last four of those years, you know, were just, um, probably the closest we've ever been. (laughs) If we could get any closer than we already were. Um, and I, you know, was with her really 24 seven, almost, um, a few breaks here and there, but mostly with her all the time. So obviously having her, um, leave the physicality has been a challenge just mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah <laughs> so excuse me I may tear up a time or two uh, absolutely understandable thank you for even coming on and sharing because um I you know it's been coming as a download a lot that um you know there are going to be waves of our beloveds um not everyone but there will be this wave it's a collective wave of um you know people leaving the earth and we as a society especially as americans are not uh comfortable talking about death or the process or what happens before during and after and you know that's why this is such a important conversation that we're having although very tender very tender because this is so recent for you Mm -hmm. um but i you know i've really just been in admiration of how you have been in a deep commitment to be of service to your mother you know while she while she was alive and going through her process um and also after like you 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 did something really special with her um do you mind to speak on that no of course um first i'd like to just jump back to um the word death um i don't really prefer that word and i i still use it myself sometimes because it is the common vernacular but especially as i have journeyed with her through that transition i really i feel like the word death is such um a misnomer like it's just not it's just not the right word Mm -hmm. Um, because it it does it does sort of it has this sort of finality to it Mm -hmm. and then that would that would suggest that you know we really do live in a world of duality and I really don't think we do live in a world of duality we have 
these ideas of duality because that's sort of how we can wrap our brain around things but I think more and more we're going to need to stop looking at things in this sort of dual way and life and death to me I mean that is obviously that's a, a dual concept and I really don't believe that anything that ever was alive can not be alive like mm-hmm. so yes we have this physical body that is animated by something mm-hmm. but, but the life is not so much the physical body as it is the, the spirit, the soul, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the body, I think when we, um, this is this is something that my mom raised me with. She always said that she, when she died, when she passed, when she left this world, she wanted to be just thrown on top of the compost pile. So my mom was, you know, she was an organic farmer. She raised me on, or, on an organic farm. She tried to grow as much of our food as she possibly could. She did a pretty good job of it, by the way. Um, and so she very much saw and, and understood the cycle of things and how, you know, as she created a compost pile, for example, that, it, you know, these, these plants or weeds or pieces of produce that she put onto this compost pile were not dead you know they were Mm. they were morphing into another form of life and so I think that was really why she wanted to be thrown on the compost pile you know I think that's where that came from like it she knew that we couldn't legally do that but that was what for her would would be the most logical and beautiful way for her physicality to to be able to transition you know that it it would just continue to to process and morph and change itself into something else Mm -hmm. um and so when she passed you know I knew she did not want to be cremated. She did not want to be embalmed. Cremation, she said, that just takes way too much fuel. <laughs> just remember one day she was like, because she had thought, okay, I guess cremation, because I don't want to be embalmed. Embalming is just so many chemicals and putting all that into the earth can't be good. So I guess I'll be cremated. And then suddenly one day she came to me, she goes, I don't want to be cremated. I said, why not? She goes, because it takes too much fuel. And I said, how, really? How, well, how do you know? And she said, Well, think about it. When you make a fire, if you put dry wood on, it burns very easily. If you put a piece of wet wood on, it requires a lot more dry wood to get that wet wood to dry out enough to burn. Hmm. So inevitably, I'm not gonna be dry. It's gonna take too much fuel. I don't wanna be cremated. It's gonna just take way too much fuel. That's gonna be a waste. So she didn't quite know, you know, exactly you know, neither of us did exactly how to deal with that. But in her, you know, in her final days and whatever, we weren't able to have many conversations and about various things. It just really, um, not that we exactly talked about that, but just we talked about things that gave me the guidance. And she would say things that gave me the guidance to know um, when the time started approaching what, you know, that I, I knew that I needed to take her to perform and plant her, plant her in the ground. Mm. And so I was very fortunate because um, we're very good friends with 
the medical examiner here and his wife, they're two of our dearest friends. And she always said to me for many years, she had been saying, if something happens to me or when something happens to me, he's the first person you call. I want him to be the one to come first and I want him to take care of me. Okay, fine. So we were able to do that, fortunately. Oh no, that's not a luxury everybody has. Um, but he was also able to help me um, find the steps to do what I, I knew she wanted done, which is take her and, and put her in the earth. And so we did, we were able to take her there, transport her there. And um, mom and I studied something called biogeometry. Um, about 10 years ago, we started studying that. and. That's a whole other topic. Um, I highly suggest you go look it up if you don't know anything about it. But one of the many things about biogeometry is you learn how to find the ley lines in the earth and all the different energy lines, grid lines of the earth. Some of them have a positive energy they emit. Some of them have a not so positive, very detrimental energy that they emit. And when I say detrimental, I mean to, to our bodies, to human beings. And so, Historically, the ancients would build their temples and, and things on top of where two of these positive energy lines would cross would create a power spot, which was just really strong emission of, of good, healing, uplifting, um, divine energy. And so um, one of our dear friends who is very involved with biogeometry and is very adept at this um, system uh, was able to come and she checked and found, I, I knew, you know, there was an area of the farm where there's a big field. Um, my mom grew organic garlic and blueberries. That was kind of her, those were kind of her thing. Um, and so she found, our friend found a, a place um, in the field near the garlic where there were two positive lines that crossed. There were two areas. One was actually in the garlic field, one was beside it. So I was like, well, let's try the one beside it because in it's going to be a problem. Um, and it just felt right anyway. So I laid I literally laid down on the earth once we found where the crossing was because I wanted to know what it felt like there. And, um, I didn't know why I wanted to know what it felt like. I just wanted to know what it felt like there because I knew that's where her body was going to be. The body that brought me into this world mm. now going to be planted there. So I wanted to know what that spot felt like. So I laid down on top of this crossing to feel what it felt like. And I was so aware that we needed to place her so that her heart would be on the power spot. Wow. So we put her body um, running the length of one of the lines and her heart right at the crossing so that that positive energy would be emanating through her, her physicality. And I think whatever energy and essence of her being that may, you know, still have been lingering around the body would certainly be emitted out. That's why they put churches in in towns in the center and everything went you know was mm -hmm. out from the church that was the central place because it was on the power spot and it 
it would send, you know, all that good energy would be sent out through the town. Yeah. And so it just seemed right to put her heart there. She, she was so full of love. She was just such a, such a love, such a loving person, gave so much love, so much, she just gave to everyone. And so I thought, what a beautiful thing for her heart to be on that power spot. So when they came to prepare the space, um, I was very honored to notice that the man who was doing it just was doing it with this sort of reverence. And so, you know, I wanted to stay there for that process and, and watch it happen because it just, I felt very, very um, strongly that I needed to, I had been with her so long and every step of her journey thus far I had been right by her side. I didn't want to not know everything I could know about yeah. what was happening. So I I was watching and, and, and just appreciating this man's reverence for what he was doing. You know, he wasn't just digging in the dirt. He was just with reverence and respect on his face. And when he, he finished, um, he asked us, he said, you know, I'm a little deeper than I legally have to be. Is this okay? Or do you want it deeper? What do you want? So we were able to measure and check um, that he was a little deeper than the line ran in the earth. So he brought it up to the bottom of where the line was um, so that she would be fully in that space, um, which was, I just was so honored that he thought to ask that. And I feel like all of this was being guided by some, some other energy. I don't know if it was my mom or the divine or a combination thereof, I don't know, but nothing, I felt like nothing was by chance. So, um, once he was done, he was down in the hole with a shovel doing whatever leveling at it or what he was doing. But I said, you know, I really feel like, I feel like I need to be in there. Like, I just feel like I need to go down in there. So my friend was like, go do it. So I asked him, you know, is that okay? Can I do that? I don't know legally if I could, if it was a liability or what. He said, oh, you want to come down in here? Come on. He has, reaches his hands up and helps me down in. So I just jumped down in there and he left and just left me there, which I thought was really beautiful. He just left me there to be with that space. Mm. And I just, I was barefoot and I just, I, I can still feel the soil on my feet. I was, I just stepped on every spot of the bottom of that space and, and just put my footprints everywhere. And then I asked the people who were there, you know, can you go get, goldenrod can you go get dog fennel her blueberries are over there they're turning the beautiful shade of red that she loves so much go get me some blueberry branches you know so they brought these things they brought some of her garlic they found and you know peppermint that she grew and we just put all of that I was like i'm just gonna make her a compost pile that's what she wanted <laughs> i can't just throw her on top of a compost pile that's existing on top of the earth but i can make one in here so we did just made her a little compost pile she has a fig tree um nearby that she had named happy and she was always talking to her fig tree and while <laughs> she was with me and away from it she always worried about happy and whenever anybody was going down to check on the farm she'd say tell them to talk to happy happy needs to be spoken to she likes conversation tell them to talk to happy 
you know, and she just was concerned about Happy all the time. So we had a fig leaf, you know, from Happy, who we found out was also is the matrix holder tree. Every property has a tree that is a matrix holder of that property. Turns out Happy is the matrix holder for the property. Wow, that's so, incredible. I know, right? Incredible. I mean, this conversation and the, what we're just speaking of may be like, whoa, to many people because, you know, I, I don't think people are aware that 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 it's even possible and and legal to to do this how for those who are interested in you know creating something like this what are, what are the processes of which we well it, it it very much depends on not only what state you're in but at least in the state where her farm is it also matters by county every county has its own ordinances so you have to check with wherever you are and see what the ordinances are i was fortunate that there was no ordinance against that so i was able to plant her there and state you know, just as she was you know just wrapped up in 100 percent silk cloth silk blanket wow just pure as she wanted to be and that was you know so she got her compost pile and she gets to go back to the earth as quickly as possible we also um I, i've never liked caskets i just really really don't like the, the look of them just has always bothered me mm -hmm. but i didn't know there was another option but fortunately the woman who was helping me with all the arrangements did know there was another option and i had said the words green burial to her in the very beginning so i did not know if you say the words green burial, apparently that comes with a basket instead of a casket. Um, and so she said, you know, when we were talking about price and all of that, she was like, well, I have to check the price of the basket because I've never used that. So I don't know. I don't know what that is. And I'm like, basket? What basket? And she said, well, you said you wanted a green burial. So that's what they usually use. I was like, really? I wasn't so sure about that at first because the picture I conjured up in my head did not seem very good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But, um, so I said, well, I think I'd rather something wooden. And then she sent me all these pictures and they were just this casket. And I was like, no, that's just not, I knew it wasn't right for my mom, just was not right. So I messaged her back and said, okay, what does a basket look like? And she sent me a picture and I was like, oh, wow, wow, that is exactly my mom. And it was perfect because my mom was an artist and for many years she made baskets she was a basket weaver and with in one room of her house the ceiling is full of baskets that she wove um so i thought how appropriate that she's in a basket and i thought that's going to allow her to go back to the earth so much more quickly so much more naturally and that's exactly what she wanted so now this physical body you know gets to to just continue life in the process that she felt she was meant to. And, and I think maybe we're all really meant to. Um, I mean, I don't know the practicality of that with so many people on the planet, I don't know. But, but I am so grateful that I was able to do that for her and, mm -hmm. and with her. And, and I have to say too that you know, I thought I was doing it for her, but what I learned in the process is that the way I did it 
ended up being for me as well and for also the, the other people who are her closest you know people surrounding her it really helped through the process because I've always had a problem watching them lower someone down into the ground that part just always gets me and I thought how am I gonna stand it when it's my mom mm. but it was I was absolutely fine with it because I had been in there because I had prepared the space because I knew the energy of the space was beautiful and waiting to receive her with so much love and so much um, divine energy and I was totally fine I couldn't believe it's the first time in my entire life I've watched them lower someone down and I haven't just cried my eyes out wow but it 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 came from me being allowed to do what I did and from me listening to my instincts and and doing what she wanted mm-hmm. being committed to doing what she wanted because there's so many I noticed I mean there were so many steps along the way as a, the woman who was helping me with the arrangements I mean she was she was a gem because everything I was saying was like something new for her and there were a few places where she would say no Pawnee you know no you need to do this and I would say no <laughs> my mom would not like she wanted a tent for example we need to bring the chairs and the tents and I said no then <laughs> Bonnie no we need a tent out there it's gonna be outside we need it I said no my mom would want the open sky and that is true I knew she she loved that openness that she loved to look at the sky feel the sun all that I was like no my mom would not want it so she said well okay then if your mom would not want it we will not have a tent mm. so we didn't have tents um, and so many things like that she was so um, wonderfully willing to hear me and hear what was important to me and to my mom and to those of us you know connected with this process she was just so willing and and that you know that is a gift to have been able to find that um, and it wasn't the first place I called either, you know? I mean, I didn't get that sort of um, response from everyone. So, but from her I did. So I was committed to, I was committed to finding that. I didn't know what it was I was looking for. I just knew I wasn't looking for what I was getting. So I went and looked for something else. And when I found the right thing, I knew it. And I, and I went with it. Um, so, yeah. And even, um, even my, my husband, my ex-husband, um, he, he terrified of death, terrified. And after I went down into the hole, he was like, I kind of want to go in there. And I said, <laughs> so he did. And do you know, since then, his fear of that process has completely dissipated. Wow. He is so relaxed about it now. And I mean, he had, he was like, he was terrified, like really, really like run away terrified. So he gets to now think about what he wants for himself in that process in the future, because he now has healed that part of himself. And I'm so grateful to my mom for wanting what she wanted in her, in her leaving this, this planet to go for her next big adventure. 
because she gifted us the opportunity to heal ourselves mm -hmm. as we went through this process. And there were tons of opportunities where I could have said, okay, that's how I do it. Okay, I'll do it. You know, because the woman who was helping me arrange it, she didn't know these things. And so she was guiding me the way she knew, mm -hmm. but I was willing to say, no, that doesn't work. And she was willing to say, okay, what works for you? And I would say, and, and she would, you know, we were, were able to collaborate and work together. And that was the most healing thing, Radha. I mean, and, and at the end, you know, of her ceremony, of her celebration, um, there's a Native American tradition apparently where they call it the last handshake, where everyone who wants to is able to take a handful of dirt and put it in. And I know the Jewish faith, they also put the dirt in. And I had, I had read years ago that the more involved you can be mm -hmm. in, in, in this process with your loved one who is, is gone, the more involved you can be, the easier it will be for you. Yes, yes. And I kind of thought that was nutty at the time because I just, the thought of doing what I ended up doing at that time to me was like, no way, no way. But when I was in the moment, I was so glad that I had that information rolling around somewhere in the archives of my brain because I realized and we, we had some communication with a rabbi just before she left as well. And he, you know, when she passed, I'll let him know. And he said, you know, well, I don't know what you want to do. I don't know what your plans are, but I just want to let you know. One of the things we feel is very important is to put the dirt in. Mm -hmm. And and I said, yeah, yeah, I understand that. But I didn't, I, I still wasn't like ready to conceptualize that. But in the moment, in the day, as I was planning with my friend, you know, who was guiding this celebration, um, and, a, and a, another very dear friend of ours had, had driven uh, a long ways to get there, and he offered this information that the Native Americans would traditionally call it the last handshake, and everybody who wanted could throw the dirt in. And my friend said, I like that. Do you like that? And I said, yeah. She goes, except because it's your mom, we need to call it the last hug because she was like the best hugger. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah, we do. And so when she told everyone, you know, that we were going to do that and they had that option and she said, you know, we want to call it the last hug because Faye was such a good hugger. And you could just, you could see all these heads nodding yes and everybody just kind of smiling and chuckling to themselves. And you could see them remembering and feeling her hugging them. So it was just, you know, it was just beautiful, the whole process. And another thing that I did because I knew she, um, she loved flowers and she loved to be, you know, she loved to enjoy flowers and be given flowers, but she was not real big on florist flowers and I knew she wouldn't want a bunch of um, florist arrangements. And <laughs> I know I don't wouldn't want them either, you know? And, you know, if, if you think about the flower florist arrangements, okay, they're beautiful and, and, and that's wonderful, but there's a lot of carbon footprint that comes from those. You know, if nothing else, you know, just getting the flowers from Colombia or wherever they come from, you know, there's a huge carbon footprint. So I had let everyone know, please don't bring flowers from the florist. If you want different flowers, bring flowers from your yard, stop on the roadside on the way there and pick flowers from 
<clears throat> the ditch or whatever, that's fine. But, you know, please don't bring any florist arrangements. And at the time, it was like three in the afternoon. The sun was bright. We're in this freshly mowed field. And I'm watching people walk across the field in the sunshine, carrying these bouquets of just stunning wildflowers that they had found on the way there. And it just filled my heart. And I know that it meant something to them because every single one of them would walk up to me with their flowers and say, oh, look, I got her these because I saw these and I thought she would like them. Or, oh, you know, I had been waiting and waiting for these to bloom in my yard and they hadn't bloomed and they bloomed yesterday and I knew that they were for her. Or like my cousin, comes walking up with this grapevine wreath that she had stuck wildflowers in and she she looks at me and she goes I made this for Aunt Faye and know how many grapevine baskets she made and she was always winding up grapevines so I went and got this for her this morning and it was just so lovely you know that they had just taken the time to go pick flowers for her and I could feel her joy with that you know, it's just, you know, every piece of it was so perfect and so wonderful, but it was because she always taught me not to be afraid to do the, the different thing. She always taught me not to be afraid to question the status quo, to do something different. And even in her leaving, she created a wave of difference and set a trend. And now everybody who was at, the, at her ceremony practically wants to have a basket when they go wow that's everybody's just touched and says oh what a beautiful experience i'm changed i'm I, i'm different that's beautiful thank you so much for sharing i think that yeah just sharing this whole experience can be very healing for listeners you know when they think about um where they're gonna go next with their loved ones and even for themselves um i know that it's a it's a process where you you do not um use chemicals you know because they you know you don't want to use chemicals in this process because it, the whole point is it's organic mm -hmm. we came to this world organic and we should leave the same yeah. and um because otherwise if you do that if you, if you do that process and, and without the the coffin like it's going into the ground all those chemicals so it's actually a very toxic industry um yeah you know that we, we we every everything we do in this earth seems to be very 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 toxic and actually against the laws of nature it's, it's disrespectful it's dishonorable in many ways the way that we treat the you know beautiful bodies of people after after passing and as you said earlier with the with the word death like I, I i agree with you there are um i don't i don't believe in the finality of it you know because i in the work that even that i do i've i've communicated with many many loved ones on the other side for myself and for others and you know with my my dog's passing i i see them in the sky as dragons and so there's a connection that keeps flowing even last night when i was um looking at the fireplace i know this sounds really strange or funny but 
I saw my dog in the fire and a piece of wood. And it's not because that piece of wood was her, but I saw her essence spark through mm-hmm. and just say, hey, I love you. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that we can look out for. Those are the things that we can be conscious of, that there is this continuation and there is that communication. It is possible and it's not only possible, it's there. It's the question is, do we have the, do we have the ears? Do we have the heart? Do we have the intuition to feel, see and connect, you know? And so it's not that it's not there, it's there. Like, like, you know, the warmth of your mother, it's here. It is. And she, she visits me constantly. She tells me things all the time. And does it mean that I don't miss her? Does it mean that I don't cry my eyes out? No. Uh, but because I was able to walk through the process so hands-on, it has helped immeasurably. And for that, I am so grateful. And I, you know, I, I just encourage everyone to just face it as much as you can, instead of just handing everything over to someone to just do everything. Because you will be so much, you'll be so enriched and so much more connected to your loved one and and so much more connected to your own self and your own mortality and and mm-hmm. acceptance of that it's yeah. it's incredible it's so beautiful what you brought forward today was so precious full mm-hmm. of gems full of love and full of inspiration because these conversations are very important you know and i just appreciate you for your openness and your authenticity your love and your commitment, you know, that you made to your mom and you followed through every step of the way. And I can I can so understand um, how being part of the process every step of the way does, it's actually your mourning and your doing and your being there for them. So you don't feel this kind of dis- disassociation from it. You're right there mm-hmm. processing it in real time and I think that is very invaluable. So I, I really thank you for sharing that and inviting people to be more hands-on and to look into green burials because I think it's a beautiful thing. So beautiful. So it takes so much courage too, because as you said, it is hands-on. We have to uh, you know, be part of the process rather than be disassociated from it and choosing every aspect and being part of the earth part of the ground we are part of mother gaia and this is the deepest healing that we can do and it's 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 gonna break your heart open and it's going to bring also a lot of healing as this in a way it it does break your heart open but just as a farmer breaks the earth open in order for the, the ground to be ready to receive the seed to grow new mm-hmm. life. The same thing I think is happening. That's the process I feel happening. It's broken my heart open, but I know seeds are being planted and I don't know yet when, which seeds they are. I'm not sure yet what's going to grow out of them, but I know it is going to be beautiful and I know it's going to be so inspired by my mom and and everything she stood for. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you. And don't be afraid to change the words. Don't be afraid to change the languaging around these things to fit the way you feel. Like I 
feel that I planted my mom. Mm-hmm. It feels so much better to me than saying Barry. Barry just yes, yes, and so planted her. I planted her in the field. You know, <laughs> it's so beautiful. I could totally see that. I can see the blooming, the flowers, and I I do think it is important. I think that um, shifting conversation, but we do need to be reeducated around this because it's we haven't been taught anything else. You know, so therefore. There has to be another conversation about um, re- rewording these these um, experiences so that they're not so morbid. There's we can find this light and the beauty and the grace and the blooming in all of this. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is an adventure, and she she's on her adventure on the other side. So it's, it's continuous. Yes. It's nonstop. Yes, <laughs> yes, she is. And she is having <laughs> a grand time of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she appreciates you so immensely. And so um, we we honor your mother and, uh, and I honor you for um, stepping into this commitment so courageously, so full of love. And may that serve as an inspiration to our listeners to know that it's it's not only possible, you know, but it, it's 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 going to be so beautiful. It can be beautiful, and we can reframe this this these words and this experience to be empowering, even though tears come and and grief and all of those emotions are going to come through. It's not a bypassing. This is stepping into it courageously rather than. Um, stepping away and and hiding. So thank you so much for coming on today. And I hope we can continue this conversation about rewording. (laughs) Maybe we can do that. Well, thank you, Rada, very much for having me because every time I talk about or think about planting her and the celebration that we had to plant her, it makes me smile. (laughs) And I think that's how it should be. Yeah. So thank you. For, for opening up the opening up Pandora's box there. <laughs> and thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, much love and blessings to you all. Bye for now. <laughs>